0: Our party of second-level adventurers steals out of Outpost 9, across the bluffs, and towards the Goblinwood. They're seeking revenge against Captain Castigari, who betrayed them on the island of Skagros. The plan is to catch he and his men sleeping in a mansion located just south of the Goblinwood along the bluffs over the sea. Long abandoned, the mansion is believed to be haunted, but they have it on good authority that Castigari and his men are using it as the base of their smuggling operations. But I've decided it's more likely that it's time to release the Kraken. This is Anatomy of a Campaign. We ended the last session with the party deciding that they were going to pursue revenge against Castigari. There had been a couple of options before them, but the one that they went with came to them from Mig's Ten Fingers. He was able to tell Constantine that Castigari is using this mansion, he has inside information, that this house, which had been abandoned during the Goblin Wars a hundred years before, sitting on the bluffs just south of the Goblin Wood had a cavern system below it that eventually leads out towards sea level and he knew that Castigari was bringing in cargo from his ships through that cavern system up into the house and then across the goblin wall into outpost nine. This way he'd avoid the tariffs. It's always great when you can talk about tariffs in a DD game. Never forget that. And so the party decided it was a great opportunity to take revenge on the man who had abandoned them on Skagros Island, who had ref- not only ref- not only refused to take them off the island, but tried to throw in with the pirate Captain Nupo and kill them. Now, Voss, the, the shadow sorcerer in the group, is a little reluctant to go after this. I got the sense, because she kind of said it, that they have bigger fish to fry, that this is not the biggest thing in front of them. But everyone else talked her into it and seems very focused on going and taking care of whatever is happening at this abandoned house. Which begs the question, what's happening at the abandoned house? And that's the focus of this uh, audio journal. This is uh, the one of the first times in the campaign that we'll be going into a, I'm doing the air quotes here, guys, dungeon. Because this is an interior and, and then eventually it leads down into a cave system. The party's going to have to make their way through this house. They're going to have to go down into the cave system. They're going to have to deal with whatever is there. Another wrinkle, a thing that I have established, is Castagari's claim in the very beginning of the campaign, at the very beginning of session one, is that whatever Migs is up to, the party would have been on Castagari's side if they knew. And so there's still this iron box that Constantine has. This was the entire point of going to Skagros. Constantine has the ability, he ha- meaning he has the key, which opens the box, and he'd be able to see what's inside. And what about that would be so upsetting to Castigari? That's set up a little bit of a conundrum, because the question is, is Castigari a liar or not? Well, obviously he is. But as I'm stitching together what I'm gonna be doing in this session, it's pretty straightforward. You're gonna go, there's gonna be this house. If you go down into the basement, there's gonna be a way to get into the cavern system. There's likely going to be a lot of sailor guys, pirate type guys that you're going to have to deal with. The question becomes, what else? And for me, the big question there is what else makes sense? I don't want to just throw in random creatures and monsters. Like, for example, should there be a a carrion crawler down in the cavern system? And in, in a standard module of old, I think the answer would be absolutely yes. There'll be green slime. There'll be carrion crawlers. There'll be every possible thing in this cavern that the merchant is using as a smuggler's den. But that makes zero sense to me. There's no way I would conduct operations myself if I were in their position, where there could be potentially a carrying crawler rolling around in the depths with me. It's far too dangerous. You'd just never do it. So the things that I'm considering are what makes sense, what's going to be a fun session for the party, while maintaining the integrity of the storyline and the elements that I've put together so far, which is... Castigari is smuggling, they've met Castigari, they know what he's like, they know that he's involved with a pirate. They also know there's this thing where he said that Miggs is worse than him, and those are the parameters for stitching this all together. Strategies and approaches for dealing with this situation. There's a couple of things going on, and this is not a particularly difficult session to prepare for mainly because I had to prepare some of this for the prior session. I didn't know how long that session was going to go. I did not know how rapidly or slowly they would get to MIGS, get the information and potentially make a decision to go to this mansion. So I had the map all ready and I had the, uh, the general idea of Castigari's men. I am using an old first edition. I hate calling it that. Advanced Dungeons and Dragons mon- module called "The Sinister Secret of Salt Marsh." It has in there a very nice mansion map as well as a cave system underneath. That's pretty much all I'm using. There's a. It's a, it's ironically also a, uh, a about smugglers, but I don't really like the things that they have in there. I had mentioned the whole carrion crawler green slime thing. Well, they have that type of stuff like. You can run into goblins as a random encounter in the mansion like how would that be possible right again the smugglers are using this as their base of operation they would allow goblins to be roving around in the house uh, there's a green slime that it drops on anyone the moment they get into the caves again you're a smuggling operation you're bringing things up through the cave system why does that make sense it's one of the noodly things that really bothers me about original edition uh, advanced Dungeons & Dragons where they just throw a bunch of random crap into the the environment and don't really worry too much about explaining why it's there, what it's doing. Okay, rant over. What I am doing is I'm using the map and I've actually redrawn a whole bunch of it uh, down in the cave system because most of what I think is going to, or what the session is driving towards, comes from an image that popped into my mind and I sketched out, and it's of a massive giant squid looming in an under, in a underground cave over a lone, small, tiny figure. And an image like that will pop in my head and then I'll start to craft a story around it. And one of the key themes of the, the overall campaign world is that there are gods who are attempting to gain a foothold in this reality now that the big bad uber god has gone away. And there's a flip side to that, that folks would be desperate for something to help them, something that they can pay homage, something that they can worship and in return, it will make their lives easier, that is the basis for... Certainly, ancient religion. I know that uh, the pirate captain Nupo is a warlock, and I knew I wanted her to worship some strange old entity. I've decided that it is a kraken. That's where her power comes from, and the the kraken to me is not as simple as the beast that can be found within the the depths of the ocean, but rather. That there has to be something more powerful the spirit of the kraken is a far more powerful thing and so that's what nupo is worshiping she is worshiping the spiritual essence of the kraken which leads to manifestations she's worshiping the god behind these emissaries which are, are the sea going creatures at least that's the structure in my mind and so because castigari is now an ally of hers part of the payment for her helping him is that he has to establish a base for the worship of the kraken and that's what's happening in the house so in doing research and looking at the way different monsters are set up in 5e there are regional effects which opens up rationale and reasons for there being strange uncomfortable things happening in an area where these smugglers might normally not go for that here they kind of have to because of the relationship between castigari and the kraken worshiping Nupo. so all of that means i have a mansion that in my mind is somewhat flooded there's going to be smugglers in the house and in the basement of the house and in the surrounding areas around the house so the players are going to deal with fairly easy to defeat smugglers. But then, per the rules, the, the Kraken's environment can cause water elementals to manifest. Now, I haven't said this yet, but obviously fighting a Kraken is not something that is remotely possible for a second level party. Additionally, they can't fight a water elemental. That's a CR5 for those who care about challenge ratings. That would just be something they'd have to immediately run away from. Instead, I've gone with, I said, I figured it's possible, therefore, that water weirds, which are much closer, I think they're CR3, to, a, a, to the party, while still being a massive challenge. And there's actually two of them in the mansion. I added to the map, basically, it's flooded. So the first floor has a whole bunch of, of water in it, and the second floor... Um, while I couldn't call that flooded, certainly has uh, a lot of uh, water on the floor that would have seeped in through the holes in the roof and whatnot. So there's a second water weird upstairs. They are required to be connected to water. I think that's a good constraint, uh, which takes this challenge rating three and makes it, you know, not something that's going to just kill everybody in my group. So the scene as they get closer to the house will be the smugglers are running. So they've kind of they would, the party would get there just as the smugglers have had to leave the house. So they're, they're gonna deal with a couple of them on, on the, on the lamb, as it were, and we'll see how sensitive they are to understanding the situation. But once they get to the house, they're going to note that there are, while there are smugglers inside that they'll have to kind of deal with, it would be just as easy for them to partner with the smugglers in fighting the water weird, which is able to move through the, the interior flooded nature of the house. Down in the lower depths of the of the mansion are uh, secret passages that lead to the cavern system, and this is going to be where they run into the uh, the Quatoa. I find pronunciation of certain elements in Dungeons and Dragons to be challenging, so I'm going to pronounce it Quatoa. Think that sounds right? I don't care if it is right. That's how I'm saying it. So deadly fishmen, and they're trying to set up a shrine inside the cavern system per the arrangement. And I'm using the base Kuo-a-Toa as well as the koatoa whip, which is a bizarre title for what looks like a Kuo-a-Toa who's essentially a priest. So the so it's a pretty nasty encounter up top with a water weird potentially too. My hope is that they only decide to fight one. I think that'll be a pretty big drain on the party's resources. Then they're going to get down into this cavern system and they're going to run into some kuo which are not quite individually as hard as when you stitch them all together as one water weird, but because there's multiples of them, this actually might be more challenging as it should be. And then they're going to find at the end that there's this massive cavern which leads out to the sea. And... That's where they're going to run into a couple more kuo and Captain Castagari, who, again, per the arrangements, is performing a ritual to link a mini Kraken to this location. Now, I said in the beginning that I, f- I see the Kraken less as an individual physical entity that is uh, super powerful and more as there's this godlike spirit behind the kraken which can be worshiped and is giving Captain Nupo her warlock powers and could potentially give someone in this world cleric powers. And the creature that Castigari is attempting to connect to this location is essentially the kraken that you would find in the book, probably powered down a little bit. Again, the party can't have anything to do with the Kraken, so really what they're trying to do is they're trying to prevent Castigari from tethering that crazy creature to this location. Or maybe they're not. The point is, they're going to see the situation, the ritual's being cast, they came here to kill Castigari, if they kill him they're going to disrupt the ritual. So what happens when they disrupt the ritual? Well, it kind of depends. What if some of them do something silly, like attack the the Kraken in some way, shape, or form? If the party antagonizes directly the Kraken, then they're going to potentially be targeted by the Kraken and they might get killed. Hey man, that's what happens. If, on the other hand, they're able to handle the situation where they just take out Castigari, what the Kraken will do is, and this is going to be the fun part, and I love doing things like this in the game, is the Kraken will probably take a couple of parting shots at whatever is left around, so it might actually attack some of those Kowatoa. It might take a swipe at one or two of the party members. But then it's going to immediately leave, and now what we have is a little mini Kraken that is angry that it was trying to be tethered to a location, and it's gonna do what Krakens do. It's gonna go to the local point of civilization, and it's going to wreak as much destruction as it can so it's going to go it's going to attack outpost nine and it's going to do catastrophic damage to the dock and the buildings there and the overall outpost which is fun because i just spent all this time establishing outpost nine i'm not going to destroy it in its entirety obviously but it's going to be enough that it's going to cause a power shift to potentially change what's going on there. Because when people are overwhelmed by a threat, they are scared, they do desperate and strange things. And this will have, I think, ramifications for the party and for the entire campaign world moving forward. And that's kind of what I want. So what do I think is gonna work? What do I think is uh, has some potential problem spots? I think the approach to the mansion is going to be very effective. I'm going to add in weather effects that are being driven by the presence of the Kraken. Uh, lightning strikes, uh, high winds, they're going to see um, twisters appearing out in the distance. And and I'm going to point out that this is very strange. The campaign world of Arabatha doesn't really have weather storms and things of this nature because it's a world in decline. It's a world that's calming down. And so the presence of the Kraken is really stirring up stuff that they may not have a lot of personal experience with. It should feel a little ominous. I think I'm going to let them see a ship out in the water. Uh, That would be the Gregopos when they along the bluffs there's going to be checks and whatnot as they approach the mansion there's going to be engagement with some of the smugglers which i think will be very satisfying and then i do think it's going to be a very interesting thing to see the water weird that has come inside of the house because it's going to start to beg the question what's happening here there's obviously more than we expected happening here and hopefully that leads them further into the mansion and the caverns below I also think it's going to be a very nice counterpoint to the last session, which was 100% role-playing. This one is going to be a more standard session of D&D, where it's more about crawling through, again, I can't call it a dungeon, but it's a physical space. They've got to go room to room. There's doors. I don't know how much they're going to explore, but um, it's a fairly straightforward type of D&D engagement, I think it's going to be a little less open-ended for them and a little more comfortable, which is a nice balance for what happened last session. What I think can be a little bit challenging is the I like to throw in situations where they have to decide if they're going to fight something or not. There are two water weirds. They're not together. They wouldn't fight them at the same time unless someone decides to go make that happen so I don't know if they're gonna get hung up on exploring the entirety of the upper house meaning they're gonna have the first floor are they gonna go and check out the second floor I think so if they do they're gonna discover there's a water weird there are they gonna be hung up on we've got to fight that too can't say for sure if they do that I don't know that we're gonna get through the whole thing because their resources might be so depleted that they're gonna have to pull back and and maybe rest and if they take a long rest, the whole thing's over. The ritual would have been completed. This will now be a temple, and I'm going to have to, now that I've said that out loud, I just realized I really better have myself prepared for what it's going to be like for them to deal with it if the ritual could have been completed. And now I think there'd be more kuo I think there would be more power in this place. Oddly enough, that's what would allow Outpost 9 to not be as damaged as it will be if the kraken decides to attack it because the kraken would be under control now the kraken wouldn't be obviously in the cavern system it would be out in the waterways that too would have ramifications so just realize that there's even more that can happen based on player choices two thumbs up that's a good thing that being said you know it can be fairly challenging if they've decided they have to fight every single thing because then as they go down into the cavern system let's say they somehow get past the water weirds and they they don't uh, deplete their resources necessitating a long rest and they press on um, and they decide to try and fight this kraken well then we're going to have a tpk on our hands there's no way that a second level group can can actually fight a kraken so why would i put the kraken there and I, i think my rationale is that the world can't just be catered to them it can't be a function of this is what you can handle so this is what's here There's a little bit of that, but for the most part, I like to put things in there so they have to make smart decisions. And if they don't make the smart decisions, someone's going to die. The other thing that I am concerned about is the player's understanding what's happening. So I've already said that there's going to be this backstory behind Castigari's motivation here. He's setting up a temple to the Kraken as part of his connection to Nupo. And I'm not sure if that's all going to be clear. From the party's point of view, they're going to show up and the smugglers are going to be fighting a water weird. There had been strange weather manifestations. They'll so know there's something supernatural afoot. I think that'll be clear. When they go deeper in, they're going to find the Kuo-A-Toa, and the question will be: Are the Quoatoa a separate third party, or are they somehow connected with what they've been encountering thus far in terms of the pirate Captain Nupo and the smuggler Captain Castigari? I think what I can do to help draw deeper connections to Nupo is by having the kua have an insignia on their stuff which is the and i'm forgetting the term for it but that thing that sits on the front of any ship it's often like a beautiful woman or a dragon or something i can use the the image of the kraken and say you recall that being on the front of captain nupo's ship I think that will draw the connection so that they'll know, okay, the kuo toa are connected to Nupo. And then I don't really need them to draw the connection between Castigari and Nupo. They already know there's a subtle connection there. They may not know that Castigari is doing this because he has to. It's part of his arrangement with Nupo, but that won't matter. I think they'll just kind of lump it all together. And the entire thing can be appropriately uh, organized under uh, the the heading of... The pirate captain Nupo is kind of the bigger bad guy in this overall, this overarching situation. Rather than there being confusion that this may just be a random uh, encounter with Kuotoa. So that's it for this prep journal. The only other thing worth noting is I am a cheap DM. I'm aware of this. I don't do it on purpose. I'm not really cheap. What it is is I'm just concentrated on other things, and I always forget to make the the treasure an important thing. And I and as a result of that, I, I tend to make treasure mistakes. I'll either hand out something too powerful, or I won't give out enough, and the party's sort of you know desperate for you know loot and stuff. It's not where my focus is. It's not anything that ever excites me, even as a player. But it's an important part of the game, and I think it's something that's that's needed to keep folks rolling along. So I did spend a good amount of time purposely just thinking about that, and based on my success in using the charts in the Dungeon Master Guide to put together a really cool magic item, a magic item they haven't found in their possession yet, but nonetheless a cool magic item. I went back to that, and mostly I'm planning to hand out a couple of scrolls, that uh, the wizard's going to probably make best use of. Uh, a couple of potions, and one potion in particular that's going to be a little bit overpowered, um, potion of uh, speed that, that comes in a, a demon horn, and I just thought that was kind of interesting. I'm also going to be including uh, a bunch of gems and some gold, and I was very particular in how I, I picked that out. And I'm also going to, and I like to do this, they find a map... Uh, if they're checking, on one of the, the smugglers killed by the water weird. And if they're paying attention, the map will be able to point them to a dungeon found within the hills to the east of Outpost 9. Uh, and with enough markers on it, that they'd, they'd be able to locate it themselves. So it just becomes another opportunity for them to decide what they're going to do next. Looking forward to the to the session, which is this evening, and seeing how the, the party shifts gears from critical role-style, personality-driven role-playing into a more traditional, site-oriented Dungeons & Dragons adventure. This has been Anatomy of a Campaign. If you enjoyed this episode consider subscribing, throwing us a review, or sharing with your other gamer friends. Thanks for listening.